Welcome to the Relentless Minds podcast with Lori Jimenez, a platform where influential entrepreneurs get real and share their stories of challenges in life that they've had to face head on and conquer in order to be where they are today. Here, you'll get an inside look at the adversities that these individuals have experienced or are currently dealing with, in addition to their opinions on real life matters and philosophies in life. Most importantly, you'll learn what it takes to have a relentless mind so that you too can stay headstrong in your pursuit of a better future. In this podcast, you're going to get 100% authenticity from people that have figured out how to beat the noise that society creates and have a higher level of self-mastery. And we got on the phone and I, and he was still fighting about this, this loan officer. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you're not going to drop this? Yeah. It's either that or you're single. I'm like, oh, is that right? And he's like, yeah, like that. I'm serious about this. And I'm like, okay, well then I'm single. I'm breaking up with you. We're done. And I was so upset. And I'm like, you know, like now, like since that time, man, I've completely changed because he would take out the fucking demon out of me. Like I would be yelling. I'm like, I'm done then. I'm done. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. I'm done. Like I said, I'm done like maybe 20 times. Like, cause I was just, I felt it so passionately. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I hung up the phone. And since then I did not look back. Right. How long ago was that? Oh, that was like a year ago from here, from this point. Not looking back, he did try to get back with me. And this is a funny story I should actually mention. But he, not funny, like, haha, but funny, like, <laughs> damn. Uh, but he tried to get back with me, was like, you know, I, I talked to a couple people, I talked to his brother, mentioned this whole regulation he set. You're right, it's a little much. Like, you don't have to do that. I'm like, bro, like, the damage is I mean, yeah, hell, it's too late. I'm like, how many times and how many things have I told you and you don't take my word for it? Like, what I say doesn't matter. It's only about what you say. I'm like, I can't be in that sort of relationship. And he pursu like he pursued me for a couple of months, like trying to get back with me, trying to get back with me. And I was like, I felt like a bitch, right? I was like, well, go away. And it wasn't until one night I opened up a Tinder account. Or it wasn't a Tinder account. It was a... Um, it was a, it was a more innocent one. It was it was a Bumble account. Like that's that's like supposed to be for actual relationships, but you know my a couple of my friends were like, oh yeah, just do it. It's like talk to guys. Like you don't have to meet with them or whatever. So I opened up the account. It was eleven o'clock at night. Didn't even use it. Fell asleep. Next morning I woke up. It was like seven o'clock. He had been texting me from two in the morning, telling me my friend found you on Bumble with a dating account and then he again started with this whole thing the old person i knew you're a slut you're gonna get stds you're gonna be with 10 guys by the end of like um, the month all of these things again the same fucking person i don't ever want to talk to you again whatever i'm so happy you're out of my life and i was like damn that's all i needed to do to get him to stop pursuing me no, i'm kidding <laughs> that's, i'm kidding but literally i was like Thank God. Thank God. Because I didn't even respond to his messages. I blocked him. And I was like, wow, it's completely done. Like, I had to deal with his verbal abuse again. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was like... And the criticism and the judgment. Everything. All the same things It was the same man. It was the same man. Like, he prepared a letter for me after we broke up. I'm different. You know, like, I'm going to treat you right. I Like, all of this stuff. All of this, you know, like, like trying to act like... And I, and I told him all the time, like, you're the same. You're the same, you're the same, you're the same. I would tell him, I'm like, there's no way that you could have changed. That that showed his true colors again, like that. And I was like, thank God, and we're done. And the crazy thing about it is, like, how I allowed myself to be in that. 
And like, honestly, obviously something that I wouldn't allow myself to be in now, but I mean, people just do stupid stuff. And I think I'm still obviously struggling with that, but it's like people gravitate to what they're used to, right? And I'm seeing as I'm progressing, like I I got from a really controlling to then like a more recent one where it's Mm -hmm. like, it's still shady, but I'm still there, like still kind of like, well, it's kind of a lesser evil sort of thing, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm obviously still, still working some things out, but man, like that really established for myself after that relationship the self-worth that I had because I was like reflecting back on it got out of this relationship like this unhealthy dynamic in that religion exactly and I was like setting my foot down this is not for me later on doing the same thing with him like just having to constantly fight for my own worth and like what I believed was for me and it was like I didn't firmly believe in it all the time I just kind of had a feeling I was like just like this doesn't feel right but I didn't firmly believe like man like do you realize how valuable you are you Mm -hmm. know until now. Now I'm starting to make those decisions in my life. But it took, I mean, it took a lot of pain and a lot of bad decisions. So is that what the mindset is? That you went from a controlling religion to then a controlling relationship, which basically mimicked the same kind of dynamic. And in both cases, you snap. And I don't mean snap in a negative way. It was that I've had enough. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, so it's more so like the mindset and I speak of with the relentless minds. It's more of this mindset of like just persevering, you know, like persevering and really just continuing on this journey to get where you need to be despite the obstacles, despite the noise, distractions, like all of this stuff. And it doesn't matter if you don't have a clean cut action plan on how to get there, but it's your thoughts, like your beliefs internally, even if you don't understand it. Like your psyche is telling you there is a better place to be and you need to get there somehow. So that's the hardest thing for people that they identify something in their life that doesn't feel right. They know it's wrong, but even though they've made a decision to move out of that, they don't know how to action it. Mm. So yeah, any one of your experiences then, how do you go from decision to actually action? So I'll, I'll kind of approach it in two different ways. Essentially, to be honest with you, before I acted, my whole decision to be, take action was just because that's how I am. Like, that's in me. It's in me to say, hey, this isn't good for me. I'm not feeling it. I'm out of here. Even if it took a year or two years, it was painful enough that I had to take action. And that's essentially kind of an across the board sort of thing. When something becomes too painful, when something becomes more painful than, than the alternative. So staying in that religion was more painful than the unknown of leaving the religion. So I decided to leave the religion. It ended up being even more painful, right? <laughs> because, but I had no idea. I had no idea that I was going to spiral into like a deep pit. But thankfully, that's, I'm thankful that I didn't know that because I probably wouldn't have made that decision. But that pain was so intense that I needed to make a decision. I needed to take action and get out of that area in my life. Same thing with the relationship that I was in. It was so pain. It was more painful than, than losing that guy. Like, what did I have to lose? Nothing. You know, I had everything to gain, Mm -hmm. if anything. And I guess the only thing that really kept me was that it was a a manipulation thing on his part, honestly, like where he was able to make me feel very guilty. And so I would stay because I felt that guilt. And eventually I was like, you know what? I know my worth and I know what I'm doing. I know that for the last nearly three years or two and a half years, I've been doing nothing but trying to prove you wrong. I've followed your every, your every command. I would like any guy who reached out to me that that like maybe I dated or even just liked me, he'd say, you got to tell him to fuck off, like literally write out fuck off, like offensive as hell, you know? And I'm like, that's not necessary. That's not me. So I was at that point. I was like, man, 
you're over here trying to guilt trip me. Like that has no more weight on me because like I know who I am. I know I'm not that what you're saying. And so I have nothing to lose by letting this go. And so ultimately that was, that's why when I said that and I said, I'm done. I mean, I knew that I was done. Like I know that's why I said it so many times because I was like, I'm completely done. I'm out of here. Well, the common thing you've said in both and in both stories, you zeroed in on, it was a question of self-worth. Yeah. Is that what the difference is? I mean, for people who don't know how to translate a decision into action, is that what it is? Um, I would say decision into action, it's just it gets to a point where it's so uncomfortable that you just have to act on it. Like, there's no other way. The self-worth thing was something I just had to, I had to realize along the way. Because people can take action without necessarily realizing how their self-worth plays into it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that's not their motivating factor. Their motivating factor is the pain point. Mm-hmm. And maybe the pain point is the self-worth. Maybe somebody is questioning their self-worth and that's painful to them. So then they're like, I don't want this. But they don't necessarily say, I'm worth more or like, they might. But I would say the main point is the pain. But kind of like now being in a more progressive, and this is why I wanted to talk about like why I acted before the whole growth period because I was in the growth period. And I want to talk about the growth period too. Before the growth period and after the growth period because like before the growth period, it was like instinctual, you know? is more like, mm, I don't like this. I got to do something, mm-hmm. you know? And now it's more of like self-awareness, right? Because I'm now in a more expansive mindset of what I feel, of what I want. And so kind of to touch on that, after the breakup, that set me in, in a position to really tap into these emotions. This is, this is the whole purpose behind my podcast. And it's this ability to tap into these experiences. I mean, I went through a shit ton of things in my first freaking 22 years of my life. And for all that time, I honestly pushed it away. I could not tap into the pain when I was with my ex because I was still in a toxic environment. So to add pain on top of pain was way too much for me. I had to wait until I was in a healthy environment when I was outside of that relationship and maybe a couple of months outside of that relationship because I still had all the noise of the shit that he would say when we were together. So I had to quiet that, first of all, and really kind of center in like on who I was and like really give myself value. Hey, look at all this stuff that you've done. Like, you know, you're now in a position, you have nobody controlling you and you can grow from here. So then that's when I started to really tap into everything that I had experienced. And this is not, this is, it's been a year. Not even. Still, yeah, not even a year, nearly a year. It's still an ongoing process, always learning something. But the truth is that as soon as I found myself in this, like free from the toxic environment, right? I was single, not with controlling ex or controlling religion or controlling family or anything like that. I fucking thrived. Like my growth, my spiritual, mental, emotional growth. Wow. It like flourished faster than I ever thought would happen. Like I didn't even realize and I I healed very quickly because I was completely vulnerable to, with myself and completely open. And there was a book that made a huge impact on me and it was called The Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck. Right. That book, I mean, I tell that to anybody because <laughs> honestly speaking, I mean, it's psychotherapy, right? So it tells you, it talks about why people do what they do. Like now in their adulthood, like it stems back everything stems to like when you were being raised like your childhood like your family ties all of those experiences like if you've got shit going on now you could probably connect that to something that happened to you when you were younger you know and so i had to do all of that i mean i knew already i knew where all the 
the mess and the drama was, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I really have to look into this. And it made me open my mind to like how other people thought. I realized then because it was like, I felt so much guilt. I felt so much guilt with like, you know, my, my parents, like, like why I was started, I questioned everything too. Like this was a big thing. I questioned everything. Why do I believe this? Why, why, why do I not agree with that? Why do I agree with this? Like, I started to question all of it. Is this my belief or is this something that I'm bringing from what I was taught when I was younger? Is this my mom's belief? And then I started questioning, why do I feel so much guilt for leaving the religion? Like, why am I in such a guilty position? Is it because I believe that's what I'm supposed to be doing? Or is it because I identify with what my mom tells me that I'm supposed to be doing? And then I question, who makes her right? Who decided to make her right? And then you realize, well, obviously it's your mom, right? So your parents have a huge have a huge influence on you because you grow up with this idea that they're right. Well, guess what, says Scott Peck. Mm -hmm. They're also dealing with shit that they haven't worked out. And they haven't worked out with their shit and now they're putting that onto their kids. And I'm growing up with my my mom's burden and my mom's baggage, you know, of shit that she didn't deal with, which includes rejection from her mother, being kicked out of her own house when she was 18 because my mom started to become a Jehovah's Witness when she was 18. And my grandmother wanted nothing in that, of that. And so she kicked my mom out of the house. My mom had only a relationship with her dad. And then he died young, you know, so that was another thing. My mom's, you know, had two significant boyfriends in her life, whereas where I came and my, my sisters came. So my sisters are my half-sisters. And both of them, my sister's father, he abused her physically. He basically did the same thing my ex did to me, where it was like making assumptions of like, you're sleeping with this guy. You're talking to that guy. And my mom was like the purest soul. Like she was innocent. Like she was like, I, I can't even fathom the idea of being with another guy, like especially cheating or anything like that. But he would have physically abused. My mom had to run away from him and to protect my sisters. And then she got into a relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. And my dad, my dad has an influence from his parents and his family of how they value a virgin much less have kids my mom already had two daughters and so you know they dated my mom fell madly in love with my dad and my dad left her to marry a virgin and that for my mom was freaking crushing so my mom and this is actually when later on in life with this whole time where i was really peering into my own experiences and like understanding even my, now my mom's position and being like my mom's got her own issues you know like why am i putting so much weight on like her opinion or my sister's opinion my sisters were raised by my mom they also have now the baggage that my mom was putting on us mm-hmm. and they haven't looked into that because they think that all of this that they're living with right now is reality the truth and all of that like no and I realized all of this and I came to my mom. I told her, hey, because my mom at this point did not have a good relationship with me, right? We still spoke, but it was super, super strained, like super strained. Like I, you know, over a course of like three years, I could count on my hands the amount of times that she said, I love you. I mean, I would say it constantly, but the amount of times that she would say it back, I would usually get no response, like no response at all. There was no affection, nothing. And the reason why my mom was like that is because she's sensitive as hell. Because mm-hmm. she's got this huge issue with rejection. Mm-hmm. And to her, me leaving the religion was a personal rejection to her. She brought me into this religion. Like, this is, this is everything. This is what she gave her kids. This is what she knew, what she got kicked out of her own household for. This religion. She brought her kids into it. This is my life. This is my truth. 
I'm putting that on you. I'm bringing you into this. This is the life I believe that you should have. And I rejected it. I mean, that to her was a personal attack. And her thing is that she doesn't want me to feel that she doesn't love me, but she's now closed up because she, it's her way of protecting herself. You know, and I was telling her this when I, because I mean, as much as I understand that, I also have to come to the realization that I can't have that in my life. You know, and I told my mom, I said, look, I understand that you're, that you dealt with this with your mom. You were kicked out, you know, she didn't care about you like a daughter when you were younger. You know, I understand that you faced rejection and abuse with my sister's father and you had to run away from that from him you didn't have love there either you know I understand that you didn't find love with my own father and he left you for another woman that was much younger and virgin didn't have kids like he basically rejected you and your kids right and me and while I was telling her I was like I understand all of this but hey I love you I'm your daughter and the fact that I'm not in this religion does not change anything of how I feel about you but the truth is that the way that you're treating me I can't have that in my life and it's making me not want to have any relationship with you. I would much prefer to not have a relationship with you than to have one that's like this where I don't feel the love. Says, so you need to meet me halfway. And while I was telling her this, my mom started to sob. She started to sob and immediately closed me out. Closed me out. She could not have this conversation. It was way too heavy for her and way too much emotion like I just connected like she obviously was crying because everything I was saying was true I hit mm -hmm. those street like those heartstrings you know and so she closed me out and she's like I don't want to talk about it I want to hear it and I just kept going I was like you gotta listen to me I want to have a relationship with you but you need to meet me halfway like if not I told her I'm moving out of here within two months I'm out like I can't have this sort of environment and my mom closed up that day but I planted a seed and over the next month, two months, she started opening up. I could see it. She started warming up to me more. She brought up this one conversation. She said, hey, there was this lady who had become reestablished into the congregation after she's been to fellowship for like five years. And she's like, so that still gives me hope with you. And I told her, look, mom, you know, calmly, I'm like, look, lose hope. I told her straight up. I mean, like, if anything, that's how I'm good. Like, you need to be nowadays. It's like, None of this sugarcoating shit, like it doesn't work, you know? I told her, I have not suffered through anything in life more than I did leaving that religion. Like the last years that I was in there where I was trying to hide and I was feeling like I couldn't be myself and that I had to like always, everything I did was for approval of, some, of others. I was like, I couldn't be who I wanted to be. I'm like, how would I know if I brought, if I was to go back and bring a kid into that religion, how do I know if that kid's going to stay or not? So what? Now I set myself up for the possibility of having to ruin my relationship with my own child mm -hmm. if they decided to leave. I would never do that for my, to my kids because you know what? I'm going to raise my kid to be whoever they want to be. You want to be in this religion. You want to be in that religion. You want to be this sex, that sex. You want to like this person, that person. I don't care. At the end of the day, I love you and I know that you love me because your choices in life have nothing to do with that. And it's like that's where these people that are so close-minded or they haven't fi figured out their baggage, it's like a personal attack. It's not a personal attack. It has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. It has to do with how I want to live my life, what makes me happy. So I told her, I was like, I am happy. I know it's hard for you to believe because I don't have a real, I'm not praying to God every night or going preaching or reading the Bible every day. Maybe it's hard for you to understand that. But I'm telling you, I am happy. Like, please try to open your mind to understand that there is, there is a possibility of happiness outside of this religion. And how has she adjusted to that? Yeah, so that conversation, um, she took it pretty well. 
obviously after I, I had already told her, you know, like, you need to meet me halfway sort of thing. So now, I mean, things are, they're much better. And I, I'm very thankful for her growth. I've seen it. And it's really just kind of been, I think she really realized she needed to do this. I mean, I'm the baby, you know, like my sisters are older. I'm the youngest. And I think she just saw, she's like, I need to have to be there for my daughter, you know? And it's not, it's still obviously not a hundred percent. It's never, I don't think it's going to be a hundred percent ever, but it'll be darn close to it. <laughs> and that's good enough for me. So I would say that's been, that's been a crazy breakthrough, but you know, for me to get to that point, it was necessary for me to also deal with my own demons, right? Mm -hmm. Because if not, essentially, while I was in that relationship and I hadn't had any of this growth, I would not confront my mom because mm -hmm. it would always be attack, attack, attack. I wasn't coming from an area of understanding because I didn't understand. I didn't even understand myself, mm -hmm. you know? And so going through this period of vulnerability, which is why this whole podcast came to light, this whole idea, this whole idea of Relentless Minds, it's not just the podcast, it's an entire brand of this concept of just being vulnerable with yourself, being real with yourself, embracing your past experiences, embracing the pain, like being okay with that because from that pain comes growth, but you have to be open to receiving it and looking into it and seeing what it really meant and why you really did what you did and whatnot, you know? And so I went through that whole phase I'm still going through it. I'm still tapping into things that I didn't even know really hurt me, like my, my sisters. Mm -hmm. Five years of not talking to them, and I could talk to people about them. Before, first couple of years, when they would ask me about my sisters, I, w I couldn't really have a straightforward conversation without crying or tearing up. And then I found a way to really shut out those emotions. Are you shutting them out, or are you understanding them better? No, I shut them out. I thought I was understanding it and being okay with it. But I, I realized I shut it out because when I recently came to, like just this last weekend, to, to decide to reach out to them, I tapped into how that would make me feel. Like I actually started looking into like, how do I feel about this? Like I started thinking, my, my sisters both aren't talking to me. I've got a nephew. I barely have a relationship with him. I have no relationship. He doesn't know me. I've seen him 20 minutes of his whole life, a year and a half. And, you know, I'm thinking all of this stuff. And I'm thinking like the, the place that my sisters had in my life. And I start crying. I start crying. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, I thought I had conquered this. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, I didn't. I suppressed those emotions way back, two years back, to be able to have a conversation with people if they asked me about my sisters. And I never tapped back into it. I thought it was okay. And so a conversation with my business partner brought that to light. It was like, why don't you reach out to them? And I'm like, you I said, it's because... When I really think about it, it's because I'm afraid of being rejected and I'm afraid of feeling unloved. And and that's why I didn't reach out. And there's no other reason. It was a personal selfish reason. So I decided, I was like, well, is that what you stand for? It's not. Like, is, what if something happened to them tomorrow? Would those excuses be enough for you to forgive yourself? They wouldn't. So I said, I have to reach out to them. If they end up, whatever they end up doing, that's no longer in my control. And that's no longer over my shoulders. And that now would be something on them. If something did happen to them at that point, it's a horrible way to think, but you should always think this, I think, for in anything. It puts things into perspective. If something was to happen, at this point, I reached out. I said, I love you. Hey, I opened a door for communication. You shut me out again. Well, I would feel a lot less guilty. I'd feel a lot less pain if something, you know, on either side was to happen. So, so how do you still feel love for them? I'm always going to feel love for them, for sure, because they're my sisters. And at the end of the day, I mean... 
like this is this whatever they're dealing with and whatever they're they've they've grown up in is what they know you know if they they were firm when they were younger they're going to be even more firm now that they're older and i don't think any of that would change unless i was to really approach it and that would be the next step just like i did with my mom where i was like this is the truth look into your feelings and meet me halfway if i was to like just put it in their face a different a possibility for a different perspective and that, that's what I haven't done. Like, I've reached out and be like, hey, I love you. You know, I miss you. I'm thinking about you. Hope you're okay. I wish you were in my life. That's it. I'm, I'm still coming from a position of like, hey, I'm a guilty person. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being like, you're wrong and you're brainwashed. And what you're dealing with is not reality. And it's not the right way to go about things. I know you think that, but it's not. Like, you need to open up your eyes. If I was to come off that way, they would probably get upset. But it would plant a seed. So that's my next step. <laughs> that's, I'm being honest, like it's something that's very uncomfortable because I haven't had any sort of like actual conversation with, with both of them for like five years. Like I don't even identify. And that's the thing. I think that's the ability for me to be able to disconnect is that I'm like, are they my sisters sort of thing? You know that's what I mean? That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, like, yeah. How, like how do you, how do you? I still have love for them for sure. But to a certain extent, I've disconnected that that memory and to emotion like the memory of, of how we were as sisters mm. so it's kind of like you know you think like oh my sister like oh like I remember these days we would f- like you know do this and do that and do this and it's kind of like I've, I've suppressed those memories mm. <laughs> yeah it's tough can I ask you a couple more things yeah for sure how are you now connecting with people because that's an important yeah. thing that you talk about. You're right. And I'm actually happy that you brought that up. That's important. There were two books that I read in my growth journey. I think they were the only books I read. No, I'm kidding. I read a lot more. <laughs> but they stood out the most. The first book I mentioned was The Road Less Travel by Scott Peck. The second book called The Go-Giver. So essentially, when I read The Road Less Traveled, this brought me to understanding to an understanding of why I, I believed what I believed. I started understanding just like the mindset of people behind what they do. And it just removed all sort of like being able to come from a position of seeing, hey, you know, we're all kind of just, we're lost. We're all lost. You know, we're all still finding ourselves. And being able to see that through this book, it removed the weight that anybody's opinion had. And... I started to construct my own identity, like who I really wanted to be. When you realize that your the beliefs that you identify with are not your own, and you disrupt that pattern, and you disconnect from it, and you start to create your own beliefs, it removes the weight of them saying, you're not doing something right. Because now you no longer identify with what they consider is right. So that's where I was. I was in a free, I was in a mental free state, right? I owned my story. Mm-hmm. And now I was creating my life. The second book I read after that foundation was established was The Go-Giver. And The Go-Giver talked about the importance of making sure that your whole purpose in life was to serve others. That's essentially the concept of the book, coming from an area of contribution. And somebody might have read that book and been like, cool, that's cool stuff. But to me, because that's how I am deeply, that's my identity, right? Because now I was creating my own identity, things that I believed in myself. And it was a firm love for others, like intense love where I just wanted to help people. And I saw 
how this controlling environment like in my life these controlling like environments and like how it had affected me how I was able to to get away from it create my own life now but I saw how much happier I was like within a few months like my whole view on life just completely changed so how did you establish those connections with other people I wanted to give that to other people I felt bad that others weren't having this sort of enjoyment in life as I was because I what I understood in the road less traveled was that people don't enjoy this and they don't ever really get to experience their fullest potential in life because they are constantly shutting out these painful experiences in their past they don't understand that they have to look into that and tap into that and learn about it in order to really find for themselves where they're going to be happiest that's why my whole mission became to influence others and encourage others to truly embrace that past, find the learning lessons, be vulnerable with themselves, and you know move forward and start seeing what they wanted out of life. So to you, this feels like a calling now. Oh, hell yeah. This is my purpose. It's <laughs> just like straight out there. This is what I feel that I was meant to do. Like I've gone through so much in life. And I somehow just like had a full transformation within a short period of time. And then also at the same time had this immense like sensation and influence of just helping others to realize this and apply it to their own lives. So this is like something I'm fully, it's it's crazy how passionate I am about it every single day. Like it's it's constantly on my mind because I see how, what it's done for me and that just like, caring about people and knowing like hey we're all lost you know we're all finding ourselves but you just need the tools to be able to do so and I've been through it I have the tools I know what it takes you know and so I want to help people I want to give them the tools that they need to be able to do this themselves and so that's really what I truly believe is my uh is my purpose so going forward then as you develop this and you're interviewing lots of people what about their stories is inspiring you and fits with your this vision? So, I mean, I'm not the only one out there that's done what I've what I've done, right? I think that I, if anything, I've put maybe a little bit more of an emphasis on on understanding just like how important it is. But other people have certainly been able to come out stronger from past experiences. So, like for me, all of this sort of interaction, and all of that. I mean, I have a high ticket value on connection, human connection being able to like influence each other and like just really thrive off of that conversation. And it's not only me, I mean, I love learning about people, right? But it's more so for my audience. I mean, there's definitely things that I can learn, right? There's definitely things that I can learn. Um, But I know that there are people out there where it's like, oh my God, I never even thought about it that way. And that's exactly what I'm dealing with. And like, now I know what to do. And like, now I know that somebody else did it and I can do it too. Moving forward with the rest of these episodes, you guys are going to get so much value. I know it because these people that are coming on, on Relentless Minds, I mean, they're, they're people that have experienced some tough shit, you know, it's either tough shit that they've experienced or their mindsets are just so expansive that they have so much, so much value that they can give you in order for you to get through your own challenges, either ones that you've experienced or currently experiencing and just have that right mindset that you can continue towards a life that is going to be so fulfilled and so purposeful and that's truly everything that I want like that's all I want is to give you guys the tools that you need in order to create a beautiful life for yourself so with that said 
thank you guys again for for staying on for this long and i know you're going to enjoy every single episode on this podcast Uh, until next time that concludes this episode if you enjoyed it feel inspired and would like to hear more please subscribe to the relentless minds podcast via the link in the show notes or visit lorihimenez.com thank you so much for listening until next time